Welcome to the clinical podcast series brought to you by the American Academy of Optometry Foundation. The topic for this episode is why are visual assistive mobile applications underused by low vision patients? I'd like to thank our host, Dr. Bradley Darty, our topical expert, Dr. Rebecca Deffler, and our topical editor, Dr. Greg Hopkins. And now it's my pleasure to begin today's broadcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Academy's podcast series. I'm Bradley Doherty. I'm an associate professor at The Ohio State University College of Optometry. And my guest today is Dr. Rebecca Deffler. She's a clinical instructor here at Ohio State and also a PhD candidate. Welcome, Dr. Deffler. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Okay, so today we're talking about a clinical perspective piece in optometry and vision science. And this piece is entitled, Why are visual assistive mobile applications underused in low vision patients? The lead author is Dr. Alexis Malkin from the New England College of Optometry. So, you know, it seems like we're constantly using mobile apps all the time for banking, for ordering food and all kinds of other things. So it would seem logical that they might play a role uh, for people with low vision. So why is this an important question to study? You're exactly right. We all have access to phones and to applications every day, but it's unknown if our visually impaired patients can or want to use them, both smartphones and apps. Okay, so how'd they go about studying this issue? So as part of the community access through remote eyesight or care program, um, they've done some retrospective chart review and some prospective survey of patients with vision impairment. Specifically, they've asked people about if they have and use smartphones and about three particular visual assistive apps. The first is Seeing AI, which you can use to kind of narrate the scene around you and can read short text. Another is Supervision Plus, which is a magnifier app. And the third is Ira, which is a subscription-based platform where you connect with a remote agent who can view the things you are viewing by using your phone. Okay. So... It would seem to me that a couple of things could be happening here. One is just that people with low vision maybe aren't frequent users of smartphones. And then another possibility, it would seem, would be that because of the vision impairment, they might struggle to use apps. And that might be the reason that some of these things might be underused. So what did they find when they looked into this stuff? Great question. So first on chart review, they found that 90% of low vision patients already have and use smartphones. So smartphone access isn't necessarily an issue. However, they did find only five or 6% of people were using visual assistive apps. And so the question was why? They asked people if it was, they didn't know how to use them or they couldn't use them. And they found really it was a lack of awareness. So people didn't even really know they existed. And then also they weren't trained on how to use visual assistive apps. So that's another barrier. Okay, so we've got patients with vision impairment who have smartphones. They are using smartphones and there are dozens of apps out there. And perhaps the, the issue is just that they're not really aware what's out there. Um, so for the practicing clinician then, 
who's seeing these patients. Um, what are the takeaways from this paper? I think it's really important to know exactly what you said. There are so many apps that can be used or we think might be useful, but you need to educate yourself on what these apps are, maybe what some of them do, really learn how to use them yourself so that you can educate your patients on what might be useful to them. They might need a little bit of training, so maybe follow-up appointments or someone in your office can help them learn how to use them effectively but patients want to know about things that will help them. And they're not shying away from technology. So we should give them every opportunity to access those things. All right. So you mentioned training there, and that sounds right to me. I think sometimes with my patients, we discuss these apps and you can make someone aware of it, but it seems like that's probably not going to be enough to get them fully up to speed and really getting much use out of it. So what do we know about training for older folks with vision impairment um, in these apps? That's exactly right. I think the time you have in a clinical exam is probably not enough to really train them extensively. And we know that older adults need more training on things like electronics, and they likely need more training on apps. But there aren't any formalized training protocols or things that have really been researched and found to be successful. So that is something we could work on in the future. There has been success in peer-to-peer -peer training with other assistive technology, so it might be an interesting avenue for patients with vision impairment. Okay, so I think we need to educate ourselves about these applications, not assume that our patients don't want to know about them or that they're not using smartphones because those things are not true. We need to be making them aware and then maybe all doing some thinking about what the best ways to get people fully trained in these, in these applications might be. I definitely agree. And it seems like there's a lot of potential out there for these apps. And so um, hopefully good things to come in the future from them. Absolutely. All right, so we'll give you a link to the paper. Again, uh, April 2022, um, Optometry and Vision Science Clinical Perspectives. I'll thank you, Dr. Deffler, for a good conversation. Thank you. And we'll see you later. And a special thanks to Cooper Vision for their educational grant to make it all happen.